Blessings and salutations, mystics. It is your girl, Loli Moon, and you are listening to What's the Brew with Loli Moon. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I thank you so much for being here. And if this is your first time tuning in, then welcome to the show. Um, this is going to be a really interesting episode because I am talking about uh, eclipse season and retrograde season, um, as well as, um, you know, what eclipse season really represents, especially with this axis that we are entering eclipse season on, which is the Taurus Scorpio axis. So we're going to talk about all of those goodies um, in our astro tea and get into all the good things. So uh, first of all, the first thing we have kind of going on with the astro world right now is this very juicy um, stelium in Pisces. Um and it's funny because this stelium has been kind of going on for quite some time, but I've noticed there has been a heightened um, view on the stelium, specifically, you know, yesterday and today um, and even Sunday. I've noticed a lot of, you know, different uh, accounts and, and people, beings, et cetera, are talking about the stelium. And this is because we have... Venus um, creating a conjunction, an exact conjunction with Neptune um, on the 27th of April, which is tomorrow. And then we have an exact conjunction with Venus and Jupiter um, on the day of the actual solar eclipse in Taurus. Um, But with that being said, this is specifically talking about the exact conjunction, meaning that they'll be at the same degree. Okay, this is not talking about... um, you know, their conjunction in general, because this conjunction has been going on for quite some time. It's just that it'll be exact on these specific days. And that is what makes it so powerful and so amazing. Um, But with that being said, I'm seeing a lot of fast food astrology um, being shared about this. And it's really unfortunate, um, but also expected, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, So if you've been seeing accounts, posts about these conjunctions, as a stelium all of a sudden and really highlighting like, oh my gosh, we have this rare Pisces stelium taking place on these days um, when the reality is we've had this ongoing stelium for a while. This is a red flag. Um, You know, I understand that not everyone is going to be 110% fully invested in astrology, but I do believe that if you're going to share messages about astrology with a collective, you want to make sure it's accurate. You want to make sure that it's, um, you know, relevant and and you go into more detail as to what you're referring to because to just say uh it's a rare stelium now is kind of ridiculous <laughs> you know um yes the moon is in pisces you know today the 26th and will be in pisces tomorrow um a little bit i believe but at the end of the day like this pisces stelium has been going on for quite some time Okay, so just for those who are, you know, new to astrology, um, a stelium is a cluster of three or more planets in one zodiac sign. Okay, and so with that being said, we have had Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces for quite some time. And when Venus entered Pisces on April 5th, this is what created the stelium. But it's been ongoing since Pisces season, to be quite honest. Um, And I'm seeing a lot of different accounts and beings who are talking about it all of a sudden just now happening simply because the moon's in Pisces. And the real tea is, again, Venus has been in Pisces since April 5th, which is what makes the Pisces stelium, you know, to have existed. 
And on top of that, Mars entered Pisces on April 14th, which is the previous season. Okay, so why are these astrologers and other beings only now acknowledging the stelium? I don't understand. But you guys know that I have been talking about the Pisces stelium, you know, ever since Pisces season because we have entered and re-entered this energy since then. So again, if you are following any accounts that are just now highlighting this to you, um, it's a time to really reflect on why you are following such accounts. Um, because, you know, astrology is not just this pop culture thing. It's, it's education. It's science. It's something that we can use to better ourselves if we want to. It's here to support us. And we should make sure that we are, um, you know, receiving that information in the best way possible, in the most accurate, most relevant way possible. Okay. Everybody want to be an astrologer, but not everybody wants to do the work or simply, you know, open up the, their, their eyes and, and tell you the truth to be honest. And it's sad. Um, but I really wanted to just take a moment to talk about that because yes, it is very special that this conjunction is happening again. So Venus conjuncts Neptune on April 27th and then Venus conjuncts Jupiter on April 30th, which is the day of the solar eclipse in Taurus. Um, again, this is the exact degree conjunction day. Okay. Not just the overall movement itself. This transit has been in place for quite some time, the conjunction. Um, but it is very, 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 very powerful now. So what does this really mean for us? Well, it means that we are going to be perceiving most likely um, a lot of abundance from spirit to do with, you know, our spiritual uh, growth, right? And really realigning ourselves in certain ways, but also allowing things to come to an end when they need to. Pisces is the final of the zodiac. So there are a lot of things that we could be feeling like we are mourning and kind of releasing in order to create space for the new. And a lot of this morning is going to probably take place throughout Taurus season. And we might really have that major release under the Scorpio uh, lunar eclipse. Um, but this is a really powerful uh, stelium, yes, um, because of the conjunction being so strong at this, at this point. Um, but we also have to be very mindful that as much as Pisces is about spirituality, and our spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not just, you know, rose-colored sunglasses and, and pretty crystals and tarot cards. It's also running through the trenches for your damn life, right? So just make sure that whatever you are engaging in this week, you are being very mindful of what kind of footprint or pattern it's going to create if you were to continue it. And if it's not something you were looking to continue, then why are you engaging with it in the beginning, in, in the first place, right? Um, but this is definitely a, a time for us to also really focus on our spiritual affairs. So getting them in alignment, you know, and, and clearing out the gutter so that we can, again, make space for the events that's coming in. This eclipse season is going to be very powerful because of the axis it is on. And that is what I will talk about a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so shout out to the Pisces babies and Pisces placements. Um, this is a really, really, really powerful time for Pisces placements, of course. And if you are a Sagittarius placement, this is also a great time for you as well, because Sugar Daddy Zaddy Jupiter is doing the damn most right now. And I love that for us. Now, I will say this. We will have Venus and Jupiter um, reconjunct again and meet up again. Um, not necessarily next month, but it'll probably start towards the mid to end part of, of next month because of the fact that um, Venus is going to be entering Aries 
um, very soon, which I'll talk about later on. Um, and Jupiter will be entering Aries on May 10th. Um, so there's going to be a conjunction again with Jupiter and, and, and Venus again. Um, but obviously this energy of Pisces is very special because Venus is exalted in Pisces. This is Venus's favorite placement. So when she's conjunct to Neptune and Jupiter, trust me when I say she's going to make it rain. Okay. She's going to make it rain. Um, but just make sure that you are being mindful again of what you're engaging in and, uh, just don't get too lost in the sauce, okay? Because Pisces can have us a little bit lost in the sauce and wasting time and falling into spirals. And then next thing you know, Rush of Grey gets your ass, Lunar Eclipse gets your ass, and then you want to sit there and ask questions, you know? Um, something else I wanted to point out for this episode, you guys, is the fact that as of today, April 26th, um, Mercury shadow period officially begins, Okay. Mercury's retrograde starts on May 10th, but the shadow period starts today. So if you have any um, shipping you want to do, mailing you want to do, contracts you want to sign, review, conversations you want to have with people, you know, talking about um, business affairs, etc., make sure you're really like really tying up those loose ends like right now by the end of this week for real for real for real because this fogginess that's going to be created especially with this Pisces um conjunction in the stelium is going to be very prominent and very distracting okay there's a lot of heaviness in the air right now Taurus likes to do things very slow and very carefully just as much as Pisces does and this stelium connects beautifully with the with the Taurus energy of course but it's also it also makes us want to just do nothing. <laughs> and yes, rest is important, but getting your shit together and being prepared for your blessings is also very important too, okay? Um, so yeah, make sure that you have your stuff kind of tied up and, and figured out because we are officially in the shadow period of Mercury's retrograde, okay? Um, if that also means you have to do some sort of work for your protection, then do that, babes, to go get your your dual color candles, okay, do your return to sender rituals, do your spiritual baths tonight, all that kind of stuff, okay, um, do what you got to do. Um, now, before I get into the, the the depths of the eclipse, because I'm really going to go, like, all in, you guys, for this episode, like, I took so much notes. <laughs> you guys should see my notes. It's actually ridiculous. But before I go into that, I, as always, am, am talking about the uh, Astro T in the time that it's taking place. Okay. So first starting with the Pisces stelium details and the conjunction going into the shadow period of Mercury's retrograde. The next thing I want to talk about is Pluto's retrograde because this is taking place the day before the eclipse happens, which is interesting because again, these eclipses are taking place on the Taurus Scorpio axis. And as we know, Pluto rules Scorpio. So let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Um, Pluto officially stations for retrograde on April 29th at 2.30 p.m. Sorry, 2.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and that is 11.35 a.m. for those of you on the Pacific Standard Time. Okay. Now, Pluto stations retrograde every, every year, right? And it's a very long process. So while it retrogrades on the 29th, um, Pluto stations direct on October 8th. Okay. Now, when Pluto is stationing for retrograde, we actually have some interesting aspects and transits going on with Pluto. So 
First of all, we have Pluto creating a sextile with Jupiter, Venus, and Neptune, which has been going on for a while uh, in Pisces, and while also making a trine to Mercury in Taurus. And this is really, really, really nice because these are all harmonious aspects that Pluto is making to these planets and can really help us kind of understand what sort of, you know, energy this retrograde will be carrying. So, for example, with the sextile to Pluto and Jupiter, this is telling us that, you know, the energy of transformation and being reborn is being expanded in various ways for us. And so we don't have to keep holding on to um, parts of ourselves that we feel shame, shameful of and, and parts of ourselves that we feel, you know, guilty and, and feel bad about. You know, we need to allow ourselves to step into our new stories, step into our new lives. It's okay to have those shadow pieces and not neglect them without feeling shame for them. This, I feel like this Pluto retrograde is really going to help us with collective healing in, in many, many, many ways. Um, now, with that being said, the, the sextile to Pluto to Venus is showing us how through this healing, through this work that we are doing, through this shedding process of these old stories of self and embracing what is new and, and is being birthed at this time is going to allow us to step into a new you know, level of, of wealth and in new uh, levels of what we consider our values and our morals and the things we consider worthy to us, right? Venus is all about our relationships, our business affairs, our connections in various ways and how we choose to um, drive those forward. And so with Pluto working in harmony with Venus, it's showing us that we are stepping into all these new uh, phases in this, in this Venetian way. And that is beautiful. Now, the sextile to, to Neptune highlights, of course, the spiritual affairs here. And the the I'm gonna say the breaking and the release of the the spell, you know, being under this heavy spell of deception and being and being finally being released from that. And I feel like a lot of that's going to be felt, especially under the lunar eclipse energy of Scorpio. Um, but this is also being taking place in the Pluto retrograde as well. I feel like a lot of things that are you know, detrimental and delusional, essentially, are being highlighted to us to remove accordingly. Now, as I mentioned before, um, Pluto is also making a trine to Mercury in Taurus because Pluto is in Capricorn, right? So we have this element of Earth coming in too. And so this is, I would say, um, a reflection of positive change taking place in our routines for the better, right? Mercury and Taurus is all about being organized and understanding that our future and our abundance and our wealth is based on our ways of spending our days, our daily routines, our intentional rituals that we have, right? And allowing ourselves to tap back into those for the better of our future and releasing the ones that do not serve us. Now, with that being said, um, the overall kind of message I've kind of received when looking looking at this chart was really is, uh, is it self-control or is it self-sabotage? And this is because when I was looking at this chart, I noticed that Pluto was squaring off to the moon, who is sitting in Aries at the 26th degree at the time of uh, Pluto stationing retrograde. 
So when we think about Pluto, we think about breakage, right? We think about death, we think about rebirth, we think about transformation. Um, but the shadow side of Pluto, because it's associated with Scorpio, of course, is the element of possession and control. And when we try to possess and control things too much, it becomes self-sabotage, right? So there has to be this really, um, you know, Good, really good understanding of balance and allowing ourselves to surrender to the idea of control so that we do not become self-sabotaging, okay? But I really feel like this Pluto retrograde is really going to be really beneficial for healing in so many ways for the, for the collective and allow us to really step into these new aspects of love and relationships and, and, and abundance in ways that we could have never dreamed because it's even more grand than that. And that is the Pisces sweetness of um, these aspects. So, you know, with that being said, it's a very long journey. Like I said, it's like a six month almost journey for Pluto's uh you know, retrograde. So it being an outer planet and being so damn far from us, um, we tend to kind of forget that it still has an effect on us and it does. Um, but it will be seen more so, for, I would say, from a global standpoint, especially because we have that positive aspect to Jupiter with Pluto. Um, so this is going to be seen, I would say, globally in various ways. Okay, so um, if you want to look at where, of course, Capricorn is in your chart to understand, you know, where Pluto is stationing retrograde, definitely do that. Look at the house that it's in and, you know, understand it, digest it, reflect on it, you know, and, and see what comes of it and be open to how that area of your life is shifting. But also look at your placements of Pisces, whether you have planets there or not, it doesn't matter. We all have a house that has um, Pisces energy and look to see where this also is taking place, the shift and release as well and stepping into the new because that's what's really taking place right now. And all this is tied into, of course, the eclipses because like I said, we start with the solar eclipse in Taurus literally the next day after Pluto stations for retrograde. So we will talk about that um, next. Okay. So before I can even really talk about the solar eclipse in Taurus, I have to, of course, highlight the entire timeline of this eclipse pattern and cycle that we are on. Because this eclipse taking place on the Taurus Scorpio axis, you know, this month and, and next month, so April 30th and May 16th, it's not the first of the eclipses on this axis. The first one we actually had on this axis was last year. So on November 19th of 2021, um, at 3.57 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so 12.57 a.m. Pacific Time, we had the lunar eclipse in Taurus. And this was one that was, I remember being like very, like it was huge. There was a lot of media coverage about this moon um, because of the aspects that were taking place and, and how crazy it was. And it was really, really intense. And, um, you know, I was grateful that I was able to actually see that moon. I filmed it. It's on my IGTV. If you want to go look for it, you can. Um, but it was really, 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 really special because it was, I believe it's the, it was the longest lunar eclipse we're going to have for like our lifetime and for a very long time. And so it was really, really, really special. Um, but that being said, it carried the energy of Taurus by being the longest eclipse of our lifetime. And um, again, it is that was the first of the eclipses on this axis. And that took place um, on in Scorpio season. 
right? And it's interesting because that moon was at the 27th degree um, when it took place, which means the sun was at the 27th degree of Scorpio and Pluto's retrograde right now that we have this year is taking place on the 28th degree. So we have this very similar kind of pattern here going on, of course, to do with the closure and release and et cetera. So with that being said, um, this eclipse cycle started from November 19th of 2021 and won't be ending until October 28th of 2023. Because on October 28th of 2023, which is next year, that will be the final um, eclipse we have on the Taurus-Scorpio axis, and it is the lunar eclipse in Taurus. Okay? And so uh, with that being said, I want to highlight that because we need to look at the entire timeline when we talk about these things because they are going to show up for us in various ways. So to think about this new moon in Taurus, we want to kind of go back to the energy of November, okay? So thinking about November of last year, reflect on where you were in the sense of the energy of Taurus, right? Taurus is about what? Luxury, comforts, um, abundance, right? Financial wealth and material wealth and, and stability and feeling stable because we've been prepared for it, we've been organized for it, etc. right? So how did you feel in that sense of your life. Like thinking about November of 2021, how do you feel about that? And thinking about where you currently are right now. Okay. What shifts, what changes have you made that has, you know, better your, um, you know, your abundance, your relationship to abundance, your relationship with yourself, and how have you stepped into your, your new standards of living and existing and, and surviving and, and thriving, Right. And um, for some of us, we're going, yikes, (laughs) I don't think I did a whole lot while some of us are actually really proud of ourselves because we've made major leaps and changes to our connection to abundance since this timeline. And so that's kind of the point I want to point out with this moon is because there is so much that has changed with our connection to abundance since that timeline, and it's going to continue even more so going into, into this cycle and into 2023. So um, in under that moon, we probably, as a collective, I would say, we've released some old ties to abundance and how we are worthy of these ties of abundance to ele- elevate ourselves and free ourselves of these lower vibrations or this, you know, this lack mentality in order to step into a stronger frequency of abundance. Now, when this lunar eclipse happened um, in Taurus of last year, the North Node was still in Gemini. It was only at the first degree of Gemini, which is why we had the eclipse um, on the Taurus axis still, or Taurus-Scorpio axis. Um, Now, that being said, this new moon we have, this eclipse we have in Taurus, which is a solar eclipse in Taurus, is the first of the eclipses that we're having while the axes are ruled by Taurus and Scorpio. And that's what makes it so special. So moving forward into this new uh, this solar eclipse in Taurus, um, this is taking place. Oh, one second, you guys. This is taking place again uh, on the 30th, and the North Node is now at the 22nd degree of Taurus, while the South Node sits um, in Scorpio at the 22nd degree. Right? So now we're kind of 
understanding how we've shifted our perspective of abundance, but now it's time to like really grab it by the horns essentially and allow ourselves to, um, (laughs) you know, embrace it for what it truly is and like really own it like for real, for real, for real, because Taurus doesn't settle right? Taurus is not going to sit here and be like, oh, I don't know my worth. I don't know. No. Taurus is like, bitch, get in my shit. Get in my flowers and my crown, my throne, move out of my seat, period. So, you know, it's time for us to finally um, step into, um, you know, abundance finally. And it's interesting because when I'm looking at this chart, you guys, the Ascendant, the Midheaven, the Imam Kali, the Descendant, they're all sitting at the zero degree exactly of their signs, which is really interesting. And I don't have this chart set to um, exact houses or whatever. It's just, this is just the house. This is just how it looks. And it's that's really interesting to me because I feel like there's a huge, like, you know, reset taking place under this eclipse energy. Um, so that's that. Now, talking about the aspects of this moon um of course we have the sun and the moon in conjunction of one another in taurus but we also have uranus in taurus as well at the 14th degree so under this under this moon there will be an exact conjunction of the sun and moon to taurus and then eventually an exact conjunction to the sun and moon to the north node in taurus as well and that's some crazy shit like that's wild to me that is absolutely insane and so uranus being the planet of innovation creativity social change okay also ruling the weather you best believe there's going to be a whole lot of shifts and changes going on with that energy on its own we are most likely going to become so inspired by our own environments you know our societies our communities that we are in and thriving in okay as well as um, those we might even look up to in order to level up our own abundance accordingly okay Um, this is also showing us how crazy um, our relationship to abundance can strengthen literally overnight once we've made certain commitments and changes in our lives Okay, now Taurus has a shadow part to it, just like any other zodiac. And so Taurus can be a lot of times very possessive and overindulging in things, right? And when we overindulge in medicine, right, and we take a wrong dose, it becomes poison, right? And I think when we think about Scorpio, we can definitely see where the word poison can, you know, (laughs) be, be highlighted here. Um, so with the Taurus sun and moon in the first eclipse, if we are, you know, overindulging in certain things, this eclipse is going to get your ass for that. Like for real, for real, for real, for real. And it will have an effect for on you in regards to your future and the future seeds that you are planting. Okay. It's not just about your future because it's the North node in Taurus. No, it's also about your future seeds that you are planting too. So you have to be very, very, very mindful of what steps you are taking, okay? This beautiful solar eclipse in Taurus, again, is also making this really nice sextile to the Pisces stelium of Jupiter, Venus, Neptune, and Mars. So we have to make sure that the steps that we are taking on this this eclipse is really for the betterment of our society, of of the collective, of ourselves, um, in our daily routines, and, and the things that we are indulging in. Because if we are overindulging, 
those actions are going to have spiritual consequences. Okay, so we have to be really mindful of that too. Um, now, with that being said, you guys, I will say one thing. Um, this is a solar eclipse, yes, and I know that a lot of these astrologers online are talking about eclipse energy and, oh, this history lesson here, oh, this other muggle history lesson here, and they're talking about abundance, or sorry, abundance, they're talking about this eclipse in the sense of being a bad omen because it's an eclipse, right? We see this all the time. Astrologers will always say, like, I don't recommend manifesting under this eclipse energy. I don't re recommend this. I don't recommend that. Blah, 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 blah. Don't do it. It's bad juju, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they make you feel some type of way, right? Well, here's the tea, you guys. This solar eclipse in Taurus is ruled by Venus, Okay. This solar eclipse is ruled by Venus because it's in Taurus and Venus is currently sitting in her exalted form. And if they are a true knowledgeable astrologer, they would know that and they would be highlighting that more than putting fear in the idea of stopping you from doing the plans you want to do and planting the seeds that you want to plant. Okay. Venus in Pisces is her favorite bumba clot placement. She loves Pisces energy. Okay. Like big WAP energy in Pisces, literally. <laughs> it's for real. Um, so with that being said, Venus is supporting us. Venus is supporting the desire for expansion in abundance, the desire for expansion in business, the desire for expansion in, um, you know, wealth, generational wealth, um, and being organized and being more um, stable, if all you want to manifest under this moon is is stability and to be more organized, that is the best thing you could possibly do for your future beloved. Honestly and truly, you don't have to do always just rich witch magic because it's a Taurus moon. You can do so much more with Taurus energy. It's so much more than that. Okay? Um, or organization preparation breeds abundance, period. Okay? Um, but with that being said, Venus rules this moon and Venus is in Pisces. And this is the same day, again, that we are having the exact conjunction of Venus to Jupiter in Pisces, which is very, very, very special. Very special. But here's where it can get dangerous for you. If you are going to do magic under the solar eclipse, okay, because you a real one like that, um, please make sure that you are doing so while sober and while totally like grounded on fucking planet earth okay cleanse your house the day before okay and make sure your altars are all set up you talking to your, your people then and you have your divine counsel in your back pocket because if you are in an altered state of mind which can be fun with pisces energy yes um but if you are in an altered state of mind okay and you are under the delusion that Pisces can bring, okay, and your mind is more vulnerable and your spirit and your body is more vulnerable to outside sources because uh, eclipse energy is where a lot of different kind of magic is worked, you guys. It's not just all love and light magic. There's a reason why eclipses have a bad omen in history, in muggle history, because a lot of <laughs> a lot of dark magic was, is practiced too under eclipses, okay? The portals are being wide fucking open right now. They're being opened very widely right now, busted wide open. All right. And so 
there's all kinds of entities and agents surrounding us. Okay, whether you can see it, feel it or not, it doesn't matter. It is around you. Okay, so I'm saying that to say, like, I'm not saying I'm not hating on no one who likes being an ultra state of mind. Do your thing. Um, I get it. But under the eclipse energy and when you're looking to work magic, I would say do it sober so that you are not in an altered state of mind, so that you are totally grounded and totally in your body and totally aware of your surroundings. For some of us, yes, being in an altered state of mind can really enhance your ability to notice the things around you. But if you are truly a spiritual being, you understand that you don't need those things to enhance your ability. Um, you are totally able and capable without it. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing I would say first and foremost. Secondly, um, make sure that you are protecting these prayers of, of prosperity and these seeds that you're planting with all of your might because Pisces attracts everything. Pisces is very much like honey and it's, you know, it's the energy of life. And so life breeds all types of things. Okay. There can be parasites in that. <laughs> So just make sure that you are being mindful and moving with not silence, but moving with guidance. Okay, this is big um, high priestess energy. Okay, this is where the high priestess and the empress come together to make a plan. Okay, so just make sure that you are being very um, intentional and take your time, you guys, and understand that the um, the things that you are planting at this time um, will probably take their time and should really be about... Um, and over a, a lifetime's worth of work and, and development and not just a short-term type of thing, okay? Um, now, because this is an eclipse, again, you don't have, I'm not saying you have to work magic. You totally don't have to. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, you don't have to, okay? Your ritual is whatever you want it to be. Um, your ritual could literally be writing a letter to yourself and, and burning it, okay? Um, but if you are going to work magic that is abundant regard, uh, related to abundance, you can totally do that. Okay. You can totally do that. Personally, I will be <laughs> because yeah, I definitely will be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just that. Um, but that's kind of what I have to say mostly, I guess, about this eclipse. Um, as a reminder, this is a solar eclipse in Taurus that is going to grow into the lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And the lunar eclipse in Scorpio is actually taking place on May 16th um, at 12.14 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So for those of you who are on the Pacific Standard Time zone, this would actually be taking place at 9.14 p.m. on May 15th for you. Okay? And so under this energy is where we are going to feel the climax energy of the intentions and tests and et cetera that we have had to put in the work of um, for or under that new moon uh, energy, whether you're working magic or not. Um, and so with this, with, with this Scorpio moon, we have <laughs> that, you know, not necessarily um, this, the Pisces stelium, that's actually gone now. And so now there's like this wake up call and alertedness that's kind of happening. And instead of us actually having a Pisces stellium, we actually have this um, Aries stellium taking place under the Scorpio moon, which is really interesting because we're going from omega energy to alpha energy under this moon cycle, like really quickly. So for example, um, the moon in Scorpio is going to be connecting with Jupiter, who's now at the first degree of Aries, 
um, as well as Neptune and Mars and Pisces. Um, but in Aries, we have Jupiter, we have Chiron, and we'll have Venus. So there's a lot of interesting energy going on there. Um, as while the moon is making these, this trine with Jupiter, Neptune, and Mars, we are also going to be having, of course, the opposition of the Scorpio moon um, to the sun, of course, in, in, in Taurus, the north node in Taurus, um, as well as Mercury, actually, in Gemini. Um, and yeah, you know, and, and of course Uranus, you know, as well, Uranus in, uh, in Taurus. So there's a lot of, a lot of powerful pressure that might be felt at that time again. And, and that pressure can make us kind of go into a state of craziness. Okay. And alertedness that is really wanting to grip things tightly and reap and repossess things in a really um tragic way that can lead to self-sabotage okay so when it comes to this moon cycle and again that's just the full moon we're then going to go into of course the waning phase and you know move into you know the season of gemini and have the new moon in gemini which will not be an eclipse but until that moon happens which is on may 30th um we are still in the energy of eclipse season, okay? So yes, you can work magic. And if you want more details on, you know, eclipse magic, I'm also going to be adding in the link to a previous episode I've I've recorded where I've spoken about, um, you know, uh, working eclipse magic and, you know, wh where the history really starts with respect to it being a bad quote unquote omen. And then that way you can come to your own conclusions and not just going off of what um, others are saying. Um, as an astrologer and as a mystic who practices rituals, this is what I have to say about it. Um, okay. And I'm looking at both sides of the, of the situation as both. Um, and yeah, I think that the cosmos are supporting us. And if we want to believe that there is negative energy here, then it can be that way. Um, but if you're going to believe in the fate of the stars, as this is an eclipse, and it's the North Node's moon, not the Lunar Eclipse's moon, sorry, not the solar, not the South Node's uh, moon, this is really a time of powerful change taking place. But again, it really depends on the actions and things that we are taking into consideration right now that's what's really going to decide if we are prolonging or um you know supporting the the speed and the growth in ourselves okay um now with that being said though uh we will have a solar eclipse um in scorpio in october of 2022 and that'll be happening on the 25th of October. And then we'll have a lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th of 2022. So this new moon in, in uh, this, this solar eclipse we have right now in Taurus, we will see a lot of progress take place between now and November 8th. Okay, we'll see a lot of progress from there. And it'll be really nice for us, I think, as a collective to really reflect on... Um, you know, the work that we've done throughout that time zone and that timeline, sorry, um, with respects to abundance, with respects to creating stability in ourselves and in our relationships and how we prepare for that from this time. So just remember that, that the things that you're doing now 
um, you're going to see a lot of progress in. And when you get to November, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. Wow. You know, so just trust that energy. Okay. Really, really, really trust that energy. And again, finally, we will have um, the last two eclipses on that on that Taurus Scorpio axis in 2023, where we'll have the lunar eclipse in Scorpio in May and then a lunar eclipse in Scorpio or sorry, a lunar eclipse in Taurus in October. Okay, which is really interesting because it's like, oh, October, having a lunar eclipse in Taurus in October, that sounds so weird, but it's still a Scorpio season, so it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, you guys, I am going to be going into deeper details about these eclipses um, in various ways in an offering very soon. So look out for that. And I can't wait to share with you guys because it's going to be very, very, very special. Um, but again, I'm saying if you want to manifest, if you want to do rituals, go ahead. Your ritual might, might not even be about abundance, but it might actually just have to do with, you know, again, preparing yourself for the better and being a better person for yourself and show up in that way for yourself. It doesn't have to be about money. It can be about spiritual cleansing and release and et cetera, whatever it needs to be. So just know that too. Okay. All right. We are going to continue. Now, just to clarify you guys as well um, with this moon, if you are someone that, um, you know, has your north node or south node on the axis of um, Taurus and Scorpio, this moon is going to be very, very, very important because it is going to be happening on your axis, your, your node's axis, okay? It's really that simple. So for those of us who have either our north nodes in, in, in Taurus or our south nodes in Taurus and our north nodes in Scorpio or our south nodes in Scorpio, this is going to be a very, very, very powerful time for us um, of huge, huge growth that's going to be taking place from now until, like I said, October of 2023. Okay. Um, of course, for Taurus placements, this is a major, 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 huge time of, of change too. So if you have any Taurus placements, Scorpio placements, Sun, Moon, Rising, especially, um, you guys are going through a lot of changes too. If you have um, Aquarius and uh, Leo placements, this is also major um, changes for you as well, because this is going to be taking place with squares with your accesses of uh, Leo and Aquarius. So there could be some, you know, major character development going on under these eclipses. And it could feel like a rough patch, but trust that it's not all just, you know, down in the gutter and in the trenches. Like there is major growth too. And you really have to believe in yourself because that is what it's all about. Um, and take your time with everything, you know, because it's not going to be easy. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's going to be impossible either or completely like, you know, shit hitting the fan 24-7. Like, no, spirit's not punishing us, okay? Spirit is supporting us. Whether we want to see that or not, that is the truth, okay? Um, but yeah, this is a really, um, really special time. I'm super excited personally um, for this moon cycle and the eclipses. I love the Scorpio full moon. I, I love it so much. My my Scorpio stelium freaking loves it. Um, but yes, you guys, this is a really powerful time. So again, from now until uh, May 30th is when we are in eclipse season. And actually, because we actually just had the third quarter moon in Aquarius um, over the past weekend, we have been technically speaking in this energy of eclipse season since then. Um, so yeah, literally since as of now, 
until May 30th. Okay, so just take your time, relax, and um, grind yourself as much as possible. Be mindful of your spiritual hygiene as always, and you know, keep it pushing. The only antidote really is to just keep going um, at your own pace accordingly and, and do so with grace and compassion for yourself, right? Um, but yeah, there is a lot more tea I want to share with respect to um, the astros. The last part of the astro tea I wanted to talk about is actually Venus entering Aries, okay? So Venus will be entering Aries um, on May 2nd. And this is happening at 12.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? So with that being said, Venus entering Aries is very bold energy. It's very loud. It's very Queen of Wands, you know, the tarot kind of energy. And it reminds us to really step into our power and own the beautiful thing that we are as a being, as a divine being more than anything, okay? It's about loving yourself out loud, unapologetically, okay? But not cocky. There's a difference, okay? There's a difference between being cocky and simply existing and embodying your blessed life, okay? Um, So let's recognize that. I noticed that some of the most successful people who are humble, and it's not really because they have low self-esteem, but because they know none of this shit would be possible without spirit to begin with, okay? So yes, Venus and Aries is about loving yourself and bigging up yourself, but it's also about being humble with what you have and what you have received because without spirit, without your Ori, none of it would be possible to begin with, okay? Um, now, with that being said, I also feel like this trend is going to remind us of how to be selfish, okay, with your values and under understanding that you are to live up to your values, It's your responsibility to do that, not your friends, not your loved ones, but you. So make sure that what you are embracing is embracing you as well. And if it's not, then release it, right? Um, If you can't stand 10 toes down on your values, then it's time to reevaluate what they are, right? And so I feel like Venus and Aries is going to allow us to do that because there's going to be a lot of new cycles beginning with um, abundance, wealth, expansion, etc., and all things Venus. And this, of course, ties in very nicely with the eclipse season because that's exactly what we're doing with the North Node being ruled by Venus right now. We are stepping into a new level of um, understanding generational wealth and, and community and expansion and stability and preparation and organization, right? And being able to really embody the energy of the Empress by taking care of ourselves in that way. Um. Now, with that also being said, this is also a trance that's going to remind us why it is so important to invest in yourself and how investing in yourself is a form of self-care, okay? We all have goals and dreams, but the steps that we take to fulfill them is what shifts them from dream to our reality. So some dreams require you to level up in order to receive them, right? In fact, most of the time, our dreams require us to step up in order to receive them. So during this transit, I can see that we will most definitely um, all benefit from reflecting on how we are investing ourselves through resources, okay, whether that might be courses or books or certain routines that we are engaging in or the nutrition we put into our bodies or the social nutrition we pour into ourselves from the beings around us even. Okay, so um, this is really special. Um, This transit is also 
really about minding your own business and how minding your own business is a form of protection. Yes, 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 yes. Sometimes getting involved with others' affairs can lead to our own detriment, okay? It's one thing to lend a helping hand until it gets amputated because your ass was minding shit that was set in stone by spirit as a lesson for that person to handle and learn from on their own, okay? Venus in Aries takes place during retrograde and eclipse season for a reason. So again, mind your business, your own business, okay? And if you are choosing to lend a helping hand, just make sure that you are in a space to do so, meaning that all of your corners are covered and your cup is flowing on all realms and planes. And I don't just mean in the material realm, but also the spiritual one too, okay? Because sometimes you minding, you not minding your business could lead to someone getting their business even more harmed than good. Okay, um, of course, for the uh, Aries placements, the Martians, hey guys, um, this is going to be a time for you to really step into um, letting others help you, okay, and saying yes more and not always saying no, okay, there could be some new love coming your way, some new business coming your way, some new affairs coming your way, so be open to that. But again, be mindful of the fact that we are under eclipse and retrograde season. Um, and this could also be a test in various ways to test your values and to see if you're going to stand by them or not, or just, or just accept anything. Okay. So really um, recognize that. Um, for the Venetians, this is probably going to take and bring in a sense of alertness to yourself and really, really like taking a really deep look at yourself and going, okay, what the fuck am I actually doing? <laughs> And really like stepping up your game like a lot, okay? Um, and there could also be some new cycles beginning with yourself with respect to self-discovery and reflection, okay? Um, so yeah, this is going to be a really interesting um, transit. Again, Venus enters Aries on May 2nd and will be staying in Aries until June 22nd. So, you know, that's a nice little while we have with the Aries energy. I'm not mad at it, to be honest. Um, I will be missing, though, um, the energy of Venus and Pisces. It's been really, really nice. It's also been, like, really challenging with respect to values and, and abundance because, like, of course, there's a huge spiritual aspect to it. And it's just been like, what the F, man? Like, it's it's been... Um, <laughs> very interesting to say the least and I don't really know how to explain it but maybe if you're a Pisces ascendant you can you can relate to what I'm saying um but I'm also really excited for Venus and Aries because I feel like it's really going to bring in that newness that we need because we've been under this heavy Pisces stealing for so damn long and I feel like once it kind of wanes and we only have Neptune and Jupiter there we'll be able to really um, breathe a little bit more and really see um, our plans really take off a lot more for 2022. Because I feel like a lot of us for 2022, we had really high hopes for, you know, with the energy of the twos and oh my gosh, look all the synchronicity. And then it's been like this huge, like slow, major slow, like not disappointment per se, but just really quiet. And that's because of the influence of the Pisces stealing that we've been under. Um, so yeah, I think that Venus and Aries will be really, really nice. Of course, Jupiter going into Aries soon after will be really great too for this. Um, but yeah, it's time for us to really step our game up, you guys, with Venus and Aries. And remember to, again, 
self-invest, okay? Self, self-investment is truthfully self-care and self-love in the best expression possible. And again, mind your bumble clap business because Visionaries is all about that. And honestly, I would say um, Venus and Taurus is the same thing. I mentioned Venus going into Gemini on June 22nd, but I actually skipped all the way from Taurus. Venus will be entering Taurus on May 28th. So Venus will be going through Aries um, for a very short period of time, <laughs> actually. Um, Venus will be, you know, in Aries for like what? <laughs> 18 days that's that's pretty short um but it, again it's also the energy of aries um but then we'll be entering taurus on the 28th of may so yeah there's going to be a lot of um again alertness you know to this um transit and it's going to be very 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 quick so there's gonna be a lot of hustle and bustle and a lot of quick fast cash i feel like being made too for those of us who are looking to do that um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about Venus and Aries. I don't know how I skipped over Taurus like that. <laughs> I totally skipped over Taurus. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say finally for the Astro Tea. Um, there is a lot brewing and I will be going into more depths about everything, um, with respect to eclipse season and the retrogrades as well, of course, online from Instagram and Twitter and other spaces like Patreon. So look out for that. And I want to get into our spiritual gospel next, okay? Okay, so for um, the spiritual gospel, and this is going to be the last segment of the show because I... I told myself this wasn't going to be a long episode, but I did have a lot to say um, for the Astro Tea. And as I said, I have a lot more to say, and that's why I'll be hosting um, different things and I'm offering different things for all this Cosmo chaos kind of going on because there's so much to say about it. Anyway, so for the spiritual gospel, I really wanted to talk about um, generational curses and generational wealth. And the reason why I want to do that is because of the fact that we have officially entered eclipse season. And so with that being said, we have also entered the season of karmic and spiritual cleansing. Okay. Um, contracts are ending and being renewed all over the place. And this is because we are in the series of Taurus Scorpio eclipses for the next year and a half. And so to me, this timeline really shows how generational curses and generational wealth are being uh, either strengthened or destroyed. When we think about Taurus, when we think about Scorpio, looking at the astrological standpoint, looking at the houses that they rule, Taurus rules the second house of abundance, financial wealth, material wealth, you know, stability, right, organization, preparation, um, all things Venetian fertility, and our ability to be fertile in this area, right? Um, the second house is of course, right before the third house, which is the house where we usually will see the imam kali um, uh, appear, which shows us the root of our chart and shows us our humble beginnings. In order to have those humble beginnings, we have to prepare for them first. And that looks like the house of Taurus, the second house. Now, if we look at, of course, the sister sign of Taurus being Scorpio and look at the house that Scorpio rules, this is the eighth house of 
the ancestors, right? Death, destruction, rebirth, transformation, etc. Snakes are always shedding their skin, right? So it's the energy of the ancestors in many ways. We know this, of course. And so, of course, with that kind, with that being said, the ancestors are proof that the generations before us have existed. Without them, we wouldn't exist. And so, when I'm talking about generational curses and generational wealth, I'm really seeing this be a huge theme um, throughout the collective for the next year and a half as we are enter- as we are under especially eclipse season, okay? Um, And that's because of the fact that we have the North Node and the South Node there. So Taurus highlights material wealth and our ability to organize ourselves to become stable and enjoy wealth, right? And Scorpio shows how we can obtain and maintain this with other individuals as Scorpio represents collective wealth, I like to call it. So the result of what happens when we put our resources together, like a marriage, for example, that is Scorpio energy. Now, however, Taurus and Scorpio both share shadow elements to do with control, possession, and fear of lack, and a lack of abundance, a lack of wealth, a lack of resources, etc. So being broke, for example, in the material understanding is kryptonite to Taurus, right? That's that's major kryptonite. Just as being alone and having no resources is kryptonite to Scorpios, right? A Taurus will wait out the fear and wait for things to turn around because they know it will because Taurus believes that they are always in a state of receiving, whereas Scorpio may get lost in these depths of fear mentality and pull out before a shift could even occur because Scorpio desires control more than a miracle. And that's no shade to Scorpio placements. This is just tea. Okay. So let's take a step back and see how this plays out in the collective, shall we? So as I mentioned earlier, the current placements of the nodes show us where we are heading as a collective. Okay. Um, with the South node in Scorpio and the North node in Taurus, we can see that as a collective, we are moving away from the shadow elements of Scorpio. Now, Scorpio being in the South node, the South node is all about, um, you know, our past and the things that we are overcoming, right? The things that we maybe have carried with us in a previous lifetime, if you are into that kind of thing or into a previous generation, if we're talking about a collective perspective, right? Whereas the North Node shows us, um, you know, the direction that we are heading into and stepping into as fate, as a collective, and as a generation, okay? And so that being said, um, the shadow elements of Scorpio being the South Node can include themes of fear, um, lack, and, you know, plugging out too soon and, you know, staying in that kind of space. Um, and because we are seeing the North Node in Taurus, which is really about, again, overcoming these things, um, we are stepping into the comfort that wealth can bring when it is brought together. The North Node in Taurus says it's time to get organized and prepare for what is coming. Preparing for what is coming means returning to the ancient ways of our ancestors and returning to what is important, okay? So, you know, um, for example, (laughs) when we hear girl boss podcasts and these alpha male podcasts, which these two type of podcasts have become very, very, very popular during the pandemic, um, 
they talk about generational wealth a lot um, because it's a form of gener- it's a form of I would say motivation, right? To talk about generational wealth is to really motivate um, ourselves into stepping into it. I would say, right? So that being said, when they're talking about generational wealth, how often are they talking about unity? Right? A lot of these platforms and talk spaces talk about generational wealth being created um, and gained on their own. And this is upkeeping the mindset of being hyper independent and doing it all on your own which is very, you know, masculine and there should be a balance of masculine and feminine energy as we know and understand um, with regards to spiritual awareness and hygiene and maintenance, right? We see this in, in everything, in every culture. Um, is that doable? Yeah, of course it is. You know, we've seen it happen, you know, with our friends, ourselves, even our own families, right? We've, we've a lot of us have come from um, families where we've seen people do things all on their own, including raising families all on their own, especially for those of us who are Black. <laughs> we've seen this a lot in the community. Um, but with that being said, is it sustainable and creating generational wealth? I would say hell no, it's not. What have we gotten out of these sort of spaces? Okay. What have we gotten out of these girl boss and uh Alpha Omega podcasts, talk spaces, and and sort of, you know, environments. Because all I've seen so far is rich anti-culture and uh, Omega is tripping about being alphas. And the shit is not cute at all. It's it's really not. Um, you know, it's it's sad. At the end of the day, generational wealth requires a generation after ourselves to receive the flowers and fruits we planted in this lifetime. That's kind of the point, right? Generations are created by humans, by families. And I don't just mean, you know, the single parent families either. I'm talking a two parent household or more. If you're into that, go off, I guess. Okay, household. Um, Single parent households definitely can and have indeed created generational wealth, but at what cost to the parent, you know, normally in those situations, the, 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 the parent is like sacrificing their own needs, um, you know, which happens of course when you have kids, but usually when you have someone to help you with that, it's not as horrible. Right. Um, and it's sad because they do it all. And when their kid goes off to school or whatever it might be, it's a sense of achieving for them because they, did it all on their own, but at what cost to their own mental health, at the, at the cost of their own well-being, which I'm sure also affected the way these kids were raised and grew up to see them anyway, right? Generational wealth is not created through the hands of suffering and hyper-independence. It's created in an environment where we can be soft and gentle with ourselves, okay? Not forcing ourselves to be alpha and boss up because we have no choice, um, so, you know, if your goal is to be a rich auntie, then beloved, you're not creating generational wealth at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're not. Um, you're probably catching up on emotional maturity because you had trauma in your childhood and teenage years and are now spending your twenties and thirties healing. And that's okay, but let's call it what it is. 
all right? And I'm not saying that this is bad or that it's wrong. I believe that you should live your life the way that you want to. And if that means being a rich auntie and being a great auntie to your nieces and nephews, then go off. Great. Um, not everyone who has kids is creating generational wealth either, okay? There's a flip side to this too. A lot of parents are creating generational wealth curses instead of wealth itself. Okay, a lot of parents are creating judgmental curses by reinforcing the shit their parents did, which leads their kids to not even want to have kids themselves. And that to me, yes, is a curse. Okay, just like how it's a generational curse um, when we look back at our lineage and all we see are children raised in single parent households only, it can also be a um, generational curse when we see, you know, people who do have children, um, you know, project their own trauma and, and fear and pain onto their kids, which then continues the pain and the curse itself, right? Um, and for those of us who do come from a long line of beings who were raised in single parent households, this is a very key obvious reason as to why, you know, your current relationships aren't working, <laughs> There's a curse in this and it's deeper than just you. It's it's literally generational, okay? So this is one um, particular example that I see a lot being discussed with respect to generational curses and generational wealth that I wanted to talk about because um, it's very true. Generational wealth in the sense of Taurus energy, in the sense of fertility is by creating generations. And if you are not doing that, then you should be looking to create generational wealth in other ways. Okay. Um, you know, so how do we step into generational wealth as a collective? Well, first we have to um, understand that we have to know and acknowledge our community and know who they are. Okay. That's how we, that's the first step into stepping into it as a collective. Uniting with them and moving accordingly. Does this mean that everyone has to get married? and you know have children to step into generational wealth no absolutely not marriage is not for everyone just as having kids isn't for everyone okay you could be single your whole life and still leave behind generational wealth by giving back to communities through the work that you're doing um like charity work or whatever else that you might be doing right supporting other people um, but most people who are claiming to live, you know, rich auntie lifestyles or in this, you know, alpha bachelor lifestyle and are claiming to create generational wealth aren't doing that at all. They are simply just living their quote unquote best life. And that is the end of it. So regardless of if you have to decide for yourself um, what you want and unite with others who have the same goals, this is what you really have to do. Okay, and that's what these eclipses on the axis will teach us, clearing out and moving away from communities that no longer serve us and stepping into the ones that do. Okay, um, and, you know, just to dive a little bit deeper into this understanding of generational wealth, I've seen so many tweets and posts online from various platforms talking about, you know, um, yeah, you know, spirit, source, God, creator didn't put me on this planet to work and pay bills and die, you know, and oh, the ancestors dream for me is to lay on the beach and, and be naked and eat fruit all day and just glow up. Really? Do you truly believe that? Like, really? Is that what you think generational wealth is? Because that's not doing anything <laughs> at all. The same ancestors that fought against all odds of disease, 
systemic oppression for some of us, okay? I'm not talking about the colonizer bloodlines right now. I'm talking about the other bloodlines, okay? Um, and they did so, okay? They fought this systemic oppression by rising up together and busting the asses so that your ass could exist. Do you truly believe they did all of that for you to just lay on the beach um, and get BBLs, okay? And, and be naked on the beach and, and take selfies and, and eat fruit all day and do absolutely fucking nothing. No, that's that's not generational wealth. That is not. It's a form of it through an action, but to do that only and to think that that's your only, you know, mission in this life is to just do that is very selfish and ridiculous. And this is exactly why them generational curses stay active. Because y'all swear that the ancestors who you claim aren't playing about you are literally playing with you because you're playing about them and their and their and their legacy. Okay, the ancestors definitely want us as a collective to live in luxury, absolutely, which includes laying on the beach naked and eating fruit. Yes, 100%. Okay, and healing and resting. This is all a form of durational wealth, absolutely. But to say that you are entitled to do only that and nothing at all, okay, and leave nothing behind is delusional. I'm sorry, but not sorry. So figure out what you want, what generational curses you are here to break because newsflash, if you are here right now, that's what you are here to do, beloved. Okay. And get organized with the support of spirit and your community to create generational wealth on your own and with that community. Okay. Now, sometimes the generational wealth is simply engaging in generational peace and engaging in generational love. Okay. And that's wealth too. Sometimes generational wealth means banishing the spirit of addiction from your bloodline and choosing to not engage in certain activities like drinking or smoking because every elder that you know who did this um, passed away too soon um, from said habits that led to things like lung cancer or kidney failure or heart failure, et cetera, you name it, and possibly not able to complete their mission because of that, okay? When I'm talking about wealth, I don't just mean you know, in money or in just having children, okay, you know, there are plenty of ways to do this. And, you know, if you thought otherwise, then I wish you on your journey. That's all I have to say to you. But this idea of wealth requires doing the work and honoring the progress you've made for past generations and those to come. Because again, the, 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 the literal term of a generation is those coming after us. Okay. Um, and that's the truth. Now, with that being said, if you're also a mystic or a healer in your community, whether you dab in magic or not, um, okay, and you complete rituals for others, um, for money, for love, for resistance of the system, um, you know, for unity of families, or even the healing of mental health for other people, whatever it might be their journey, okay, you yourself um, are already supporting the expansion of generational wealth of others. And for that, I want to say, as a, as a, former as a as a you know as a current light worker thank you okay um a lot of mystics fit this category but this kind of work is so demanding and tiring as well because it is a lot of work it is totally worth it but still it's a lot and sometimes those mystics don't even have their own generational wealth that will live beyond their physical self because they poured it into other generations of, you know, their community. Okay. At the end of the day, 
they still did their part in the mission because they knew the mission is beyond laying down and eating fruit somewhere. Okay. Generational wealth is the act of selflessness, period. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. Um, I believe, you know, as a collective and throughout these eclipses, we will see more communities uniting as one to truly create generational wealth um, in the material way that I was explaining before. And it's going to be really looking like the times of the old generations of our ancestors, you know, Um, hopefully minus the segregation water hoses and police dogs, but still. You know, <laughs> this is true. Uh, I really believe that more beings of indigenous bloodlines um, will be not only reclaiming their land, but becoming successful in this as well and redistributing the wealth of their community. Um, more farming, you know, more homestead, more homeschooling, and even home births will be taking place at a higher rate, I believe, um, through this movement with the collective. And these are just some examples, okay, of us stepping back into the old ways of our ancestors and realigning with the earth because the north Northland Taurus is really about us realigning with the earth. Okay. Remember that earth day and earth awareness, whatever month and everything like that takes place in Taurus season for a reason. Okay. Nobody want to live off the man no more. Everybody wants to do things on their own and, and have their own shit. Um, and that means being with our own communities of like mind beings. Okay. And, you know, with those examples of like home births and homestead and homeschooling, we've seen this kind of push take place during the pandemic by force and by choice, and it will continue to grow, I believe personally. Okay. So this is just, a, a, a one way and theme that we can see this, um, you know, theme of generational wealth being played on this axis and how it's going to change the collective. And I think that in 20 years, we'll look back at this generation of kids who are, you know, living in this space and think, damn, you guys, y'all have seen it all. Okay. Um, now, like I said, again, generational wealth is not just having families and not just, you know, having children or getting married, but it is about the people coming after us. So if you are not doing those things, at least make sure that you are showing up in another way for the next generation to create that wealth, because that's what we are all here to do as a collective, period. Okay, so you can still be a rich auntie and live your best life, okay, on the beach naked, while also engaging in generational wealth with your community. Okay, Um, but with that being said, I will say this, not everyone will be stepping into this mindset, okay? There are some beings who will be stepping into generational curses um, and, and moving backwards without even realizing it, um, but this is because of their lack of self-awareness, okay? That's where generational curses are breeded. They are breeded in a lack of self-awareness. So one obvious example of this is the ongoing spiritual warfare taking place, Okay. And we've been talking about this for a long time. And there's always going to be, I believe, a spiritual warfare. I think that there's always going to be peace in the spiritual realm, but also warfare going on too in different ways. And we are definitely seeing that very heavily right now. And it looks like, you know, false prophets um, (laughs) leading the masses all over the globe. Okay. Some label these spaces as cults and these beings are being led in false ways. And this will have major, of course, spiritual consequences, despite the false wealth that may be gained in this lifetime. And that's true. Um, The age of Aquarius is filled with this agenda, especially um, because there is major Piscean influence taking place. And so therefore deception is to follow and be expected. 
Um, but this is a reminder, you guys, that there are consequences for sacrificing your power to another being that is not spirit or yourself. Okay. Um, and so we really have to be really mindful of this and really ensure that the community that we are stepping into is really for um, our understanding of generational wealth, whatever that might mean to you, so that we are ensuring that we are engaging in a space that is aware and intentional. And so therefore it's not lacking self-awareness. And so therefore it is not going to breed, you know, generational curses. Um, another example I would say of how some people, some beings could be stepping into generational curses. And this is a very sensitive um, political and spiritual topic, um, but I will talk about it. And that is with regards to the laws being pushed in the South of the United States to do with abortions. Okay. Um, it's very fucked up. I think what's happening there. I think it's really fucked up. And I Personally, I don't know the numbers behind how high the rates are for women that are getting abortions in these areas or, you know, anywhere else or how they look under different communities and demographics. But I am certain that they have risen and will continue to do so. Um, I think it sucks that the South is doing what it's doing, specifically Texas, especially right with these laws. And now, you know, people with wounds who are looking for that choice to term a pregnancy will have to go elsewhere and it could lead to so many insane consequences. Um, and that's just really messed up too. Um, but I do still think that even against all these odds, I do really believe that this, you know, practice and this procedure is going to continue to rise. And why? Because intimacy has been paraded around as an act that is not sacred, but rather something we can engage in casually. Okay, I've talked about sex, uh, spiritual transmitted diseases before. Just like how we have sexual transmitted diseases, we also have spiritual transmitted diseases. And these can be transformed and, and passed on through the act of intimacy including, yes, obviously sexual intimacy I'm talking about, okay? Um, and so I really think that when we look at like the music industry and the media and et cetera, of course, right? These are the main um, puppets of the matrix, right? Where we see that there is this carelessness and casualness that is highlighted with intimacy a lot of times. And so out of this, we have, you know, a movement where birth control in its pill form is very um, common amongst most people with wombs, I would say, especially in their teenage years and their adult years, you know, when they're single or not, a lot of people have that contraception. And although it is great because it gives, you know, these beings a choice and it ensures that they are controlling and managing themselves accordingly, um, these pills are so detrimental to the health of women and the womb in general, okay? A lot of times, um, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, this leads to, um, women, you know, having damaged wounds in so many ways, so many ways. And we can see that with the sense of, you know, looking at the medical it, uh, pill itself and looking at the back of the pill boxes and the, the warning labels and all the symptoms and things that could happen as a result of taking them. So it's not even just... 
detrimental to the womb of the, the 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 health of the womb, but the the person in general. And that is a real reality. Now, if this contraception or any form of it thereof were to not work, and an unplanned pregnancy were to take place. A lot of times, um, you know, unfortunately, this leads to, you know, women feeling like they have minimal choices, which may include raising the baby on their own because their partner wasn't ready for that responsibility, or in other cases, getting an abortion and terming the pregnancy themselves. Okay. Now, again, I will say again, I am glad that this procedure is available so that women can make a choice but it's not an easy choice to make if they were to choose that, okay? It leads to womb trauma. And as the process can be very traumatizing because it can be, you know, just a lot, um, this can create womb trauma. And for those who were born with wombs and have this procedure, just remember that you are carrying the next generation already within you because you are born with your eggs, whether they are fertilized or not, okay? So when you are undergoing this procedure, this is also a form of generational trauma, okay? It truly is. Now, with that being said, do I agree with the laws in place? No, of course not. I am 100% um, pro-choice, but I am also 100% pro-self-awareness too, Okay. And so, you know, I think that not completely, but in some ways, we can avoid these procedures having to take place by choosing better partners altogether. Okay. And being mindful of who we are being intimate with. Okay. And not just being so casual with it. Okay. Um, You don't have to depend on these pills, which are going to be horrible to your bodies anyway. You can track your cycle naturally. It is possible, okay? And I'm hoping that more people with wombs will do this more in the future rather than ingesting pills and other items created by Big Farm. Who does not give a fuck about their damn health, okay? I think we seem to forget that too. (laughs) So I know this is a very touchy subject, um, but it's one that... um, I am close to as I have had to heal from this sort of trauma myself and I am talking about it so that others can understand there are consequences to all choices we make okay and maybe not in the physical or material way but in spiritual ways yes and that is not a stain that we can remove okay now I could talk about how this idea or this particular manifestation of generational curses and trauma um, ties into the um, understanding of spirit babies but that is a whole other discussion I think um, and so yeah I just want to say that and yes of course I am aware that there are other ways that people can get accidentally pregnant but I am only referring to this accident happening between beings who gave consent to one another Okay, so, you know, this is just one, you know, very intense way where we can see generational curses and trauma take place. And I want to use this as as an example because, one, it has to do with intimacy and physical intimacy taking place before this happened, right? When I'm talking about consensual adults here and people. Um, And it is ruled by the energy of Scorpio, 
which is part of this um, axis that the eclipses are happening on um, because Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars and Pluto, uh, Scorpio in, in medical astrology rules um, the genitals and the sexual organs. So yeah, you know, when we talk about generational curses, um, it, it really comes from a lack of self-awareness. And in really intense cases, it looks like things like women and people with wombs having to um, or I should just say people with wombs in general, having to make really tough decisions that can lead to trauma and generational trauma and courses to begin with because they're doing this thing that could have been avoided possibly um, by, you know, being more self-aware, you know? And I don't know if a lot of people want to recognize that with this, um, but with this topic particularly, but um, it's it's true, you know, um, and again, I think that, you know, it sucks that these laws are in place and I do believe that it is temporary. I do believe that there's going to be a change because the people will resist and rise up. I do believe that will ta- will happen because the light will prevail. Um, but despite all odds, I still believe that the rate of these procedures taking place um, are still going to rise and are very traumatizing um, to many, not all, but to many. And, you know, that is a form of generational curse and trauma that we need to talk about because it's real and it's heavily pushed in our, in our faces right now. Okay. Um, so, you know, um, with that being said, but the bottom line is generational curses end with self-awareness and generational wealth begins with self-awareness. When you are in unity with your community, generational wealth is sure to follow. Self-awareness is key to our survival and our ability to thrive. It affects our relationships and the type of relationships we have, okay, how we show up in the world, how we show up for our families, our communities, and of course, how we show up for ourselves, okay? So if you were born into a family that carries heavy tides of generational curses, whether they look like what I described or completely different, I have a lot of love for you and just want to say I am proud of you and the progress that you have made. Okay, this work is not easy. Okay, breaking the curses of having control in your relationships versus surrendering and being in love is not easy. Um, breaking the curses of abuse, of addiction is not easy. Breaking the curse of real material wealth because you put yourself before others is not easy. But remember, you are not alone in, the, in completing it. Spirit is always with you, and so are the ancestors. Okay. And instead of asking for a temporary solution, ask for spirit to work through you in order to create a permanent one. Your existence is proof that generational wealth and healing is possible. Never forget that. Um, Something I also wanted to talk about really quickly with respect to generational wealth and curses is that, you know, this capitalistic society and these system these these systems in place of oppression and what have you, they thrive off of generational curses and trauma. They thrive off of us being in a lack of self awareness, in us being hyper dependent, and you know, quote unquote, bossing up and and doing things on our own. Okay, it, it breeds this survival mode. It breeds this lack mentality. It breaks this distrust in your in the community and in, in the collective. And that is also just, you know, not great to be in really and truly what it feeds their agenda. So 
um, just keep that in mind as well. Um, again, these are just, you know, um, very specific examples I was giving of how traditional wealth and, and curses and trauma can can manifest. And I'm using them because they are very hot topics um, in on, on the timelines right now um, in various ways in their own reasons. Um, but yeah, you know, as we are, you know, entering this eclipse season, there are a lot of these kind of cycles and others, of course, that are, you know, taking place where we are either stepping into those those generational wealth and, and releasing the curses and, and trauma, or we're repeating certain cycles of trauma and curses without even realizing it because of that lack of self-awareness. So it, it can be really intense and include literal other physical beings, whether we've created them or not, or it can be just detrimental to ourselves and craptastic either way. Um, but with that being said, I wanted to go into the ancestral antidote. And, you know, their main real focus, of course, was really about self-awareness. So, you know, practicing self-awareness can be done in various ways. You can use the cosmos to do this, okay? Looking at your chart and looking at where Taurus and Scorpio sit in your chart, what houses they are in and how this reflects your life and the life your ancestors had, okay? Reviewing your own North and South node placements too, all right? Um, like I said before, I do have an offering coming out soon that can support you in doing exactly that, so stay tuned for that. Um, but practicing self-awareness, also means having those difficult conversations with elders and others in, in our in our lives to release yourself of generational curses and stepping into the wealth that you are worthy of. Okay, so that means letting go of certain relationships, certain connections with people, whether they're friends or, or romantic loved ones, right, who are really um, not what we need, but maybe what we want and are really doing more detrimental harm to our spirit and you know, the generation after us, then, you know, support, you know, it's time to have those conversations, right? Sometimes the things that we desire and think we desire and, and are trying to call it and magnetize towards us are the things that are exactly going to be, you know, our Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. So it might be time for us to have those conversations as well to release ourselves from those curses and stepping into that wealth that we are worthy of, okay? Um, doing up your ancestral offerings really big right now is huge and venerating your honorable ancestors is super super important right now okay throwing them a party honestly and truly you don't have to wait until Samhain you can do it right now um this is a really powerful time again like I said for karmic cleansing and spiritual healing so um it can really help us overcome those those curses and step into the wealth regardless of how it manifests um so yeah I just think that this is a huge, huge, huge thing, and I hope that for those of you who are looking to build generational wealth, you know, through having families or through working in your community and helping other generations, I hope that this gives you some perspective at how, you know, it really starts with your own self-awareness and choosing those people in your community to be in unity with so that you can have that outcome take place, okay? And with Scorpio, of course, like I said, is about our shared resources as a collective. This is about our relationships too and being mindful of who those people are because that also has an effect on whether or not we step out of those curses and into the wealth or not. Okay, so really, really just doing that work and really just kind of sitting with that energy, um, you know, 
we have this Pisces influence, of course, there's a lot of delusion and mourning and sadness with this and this nostalgia feeling of, oh, but remember when things were so good because of this and this and that, and it makes us want to miss it. It makes us want to, um, you know, desire that that rotten apple in the basket more than anything else. Um, but it's not really for us. Okay. So yeah, I just really wanted to talk about that, um, uh, because it's a huge thing for eclipse season and yeah, so that is all you guys I have to say for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you are new to, uh, you know, this community, the coming community, um, again, welcome. And just make sure that you are following me on Instagram, which is at Missing Medicine. Okay, you can book your personal readings um, at missingmedicine.com. I will be opening readings specifically for eclipse reviews. If you want to review the eclipses taking place on this axis from your birth chart's perspective, then definitely book a reading with your girl because I can definitely help you with that and support you in that journey. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Moons of Loli, same handle on TikTok, although I don't really use it a whole lot. It's just kind of there. Um, but just make sure that you guys are not following these scam accounts, okay? Don't fall for their bullshit, please. Please, please, please do not fall for their bullshit, okay? It is really nice and juicy for us to have this Pisces, Stelium, and amazing conjunctions and all that kind of stuff. But also remember that this is also major deception and illusions and red flags energy as well. So just be mindful of that, okay? Um, Instagram has recently uh, updated their reporting of an account uh you know, section. So now you can report accounts and select um, organization or business and then type in the actual account of the business that they are trying to scam or or mock. And then that way Instagram can do a proper investigation. Do I believe this is actually going to do anything? No, not really. I think it's just a new wave of nonsense. I don't think it's really going to help, but we'll see. Um, But anyways, you guys, that is all I have to say. Happy eclipse season. We are all embodying generational wealth and we are all releasing old, disgusting, lacking generational curses. We are embodying wealth in so many ways through peace, through love, through stability, through security of self, through self-love, okay, in all the ways we possibly can through our dreams and goals coming to fruition in this reality. So focus on that. Ground yourselves as much as you possibly can. Protect your head. All right. One love. Ashe. Peace.